It is questionable. You, you picture some Frenchman smoking a fag out in the, no, out, no, no, outside no, no. the stadium. And he's just here. He's a bloke. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone's thinking. No, no. And he's just looking at it out. I don't know. There's something a bit fishy there, right? And Razzy might have a little bit of a point. Joe presents House of Rugby, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome back to House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland. I'm Greg O'Shea and I'm joined by my two old buddies this week. Of course, the lovely Lindsay Peets here. How are you, Lindsay? Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. And Jason Hennessy is rolled up. How are you, sir? Good to have you back. Good, good. Just off the train. Absolutely wired to the moment with coffee and ready to talk about rugby. <laughs> I'd say your eyes are square from looking at rugby over the weekend today. Mm, yeah, but sure, look, it's my job. It's got to be done. There's worse jobs out there. There's definitely worse Let's jobs out there, yeah. So elephant in the room, obviously my nose isn't looking the greatest right now. Um, I got a third surgery on an old rugby uh, broken nose for sure so every second person has a broken nose that plays rugby nowadays you have one Lindsay don't you I do yeah I had just the one surgery thank god just the one, <laughs> just god. The one yeah you um, you're sure now it's definitely from a break it's not any cosmetic surgery not just aesthetic are you sure now surgery, that you've no taken over this six o'clock show you sure <laughs> oh, yes! are you sure yes! are you positive because you're gorgeous yeah. anyway now you know we love you oh stop flirting with me about Monday morning, <laughs> will you? too early too early it's, were you playing on the weekend Lindsay you were okay you brought up your payback is it yeah, yeah. we lost our first match <laughs> of the season thanks very much oh, yeah. 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 17 19 oh no way it was a close one yeah who was it against? I had a, I'm going to have a Razzie moment here, right? I'm going to give out about the referee. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, it was battle uh, with Blackrock, but I think we should be okay for a home semi-final still. But a tougher route we decided to take. But look, it was top of the table. It was always going to be going to be tough. We probably didn't play our best rugby, but look, okay. it is what it is. And just a, a nice reminder to reset the button and get working a little bit harder for the business well, end of the season. Well, that's it. Keeps you tuned in, yeah. And Jason, have you been playing any rugby recently? No, I'm not playing at the moment still, um, but we had a game the weekend actually called off, would you believe, because uh couldn't get a referee. So just a what? shout out to anyone out there, lads. There's a huge, massive problem in this country at the moment, lack of referees at the club level. Mm. You'll see that yourself. Um Get onto your branch if you have any interest in doing it. Like it's 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 happening a lot in rugby at the moment. It's it's kind of it's killing it. Like there's just just isn't there enough referees. Lack out of there. referees yeah, in the country. We've huge. It's a massive massive problem in the country at the moment. No really way. lack of referees. Like so. I do notice that the likes of like Andy Brace and stuff is just refing on every game. He's on the touchline or yeah. he's refing. I'm just like these guys are flat out mm. and women. Holly Davidson. Uh, shout out to Holly Davidson who did, yeah, did the, the work 15s fun. final mm. and yep. the sevens final. Yeah. So she's flying it, but obviously. They're what all doing every single game all they're, over the they're world. They're moving up the ranks quicker as well. You like I know a few guys myself that got into refereeing Rick recently, and they're climbing the ranks out. They're refing AIL within a few months if you're good at it. Yeah. So like, there's a huge pathway there, like for yeah. a really good job and a really good career if you've interest in refereeing. So. Actually, ironically, I was asked by Helen O'Reilly to, to um, shout out to Helen. She used to referee, but she uh, came to me after I was meant to retire, probably around 2018, 2019, uh, to see what I referee. And I thought this was a good idea, but then I was like. I'm not sure because I don't abide by the laws now on the pitch when I play. So I'm hardly going to be a hypocrite <laughs> now and try and implement them. But maybe it might be a career down the line for me. Yeah. Funny enough, Johnny Lacey actually gave me a ring uh, a few years ago, two, three years ago at this stage, asking me to become a ref when he knew I was kind of looking at finishing up rugby because yeah. I have the law degree and obviously yeah. I have the rugby knowledge. And I was like, do you know what, Johnny? It's just not going to be yeah. for me, man. I just, I just don't think. I thought you'd be a good referee. Oh, I would, definitely. Like, like, that's, think, that's the route Bracey went down like and Johnny took him under his wing and look at Bracey now. Bracey's one of the best referees in the world at the moment. It's yeah. a really good career you know? option because you get to travel the world and obviously you're in and And well paid full time, yeah. I just couldn't deal with the lads slagging me. Like, do you know, <laughs> they'd be like, give it up, Greg, will you? Leave. You have survived us two now for a long time. So I think you're well weathered now for slagging. Well, anyway, anyone looking for a good career option, um, 
looking for referees in Ireland and all over the world. It's a great, it's a great career choice. But um, a game of the weekend we really want to talk about uh, is Ireland-Fiji. Probably not the most memorable one. Ireland won 35-17. Um, a lot of fellas got their uh, kind of debuts and threw their hand up for Andy Farrell, but it wasn't the greatest game, was it, Lindsay? No. When I mean, the crowd is doing the Mexican wave towards the end of the game, I mean, it's saying a lot for you. <laughs> Ireland did not score between the, what, 25th and 60th minute. Like, that's not good enough considering Fiji were down to 13 men at one stage for like 10 minutes, you know, yellow cards, red cards. It was just... I suppose we talk about depth and giving people opportunity. And look, it's going to be it's going to be that. It was always probably going to be that game, but I think they probably, considering the amount of visits they had to their Fiji in 22 now, they really left the game behind. What do you make of it, Jason? Yeah, I mean, look, Fiji started well. Their opening try was class. I love watching Fiji in attack. It's a pity, like, they just have their discipline is absolutely shocking because they have a bit of structure there now under Vern Cotter and he has made them a better side, yep. you know. But, uh, yeah, look, I mean, the way I look at the positives, I thought uh, Kieran Treadwell is someone who's really come out in the last... Why, like he was really good last week as well off the bench, and he's a guy that when he first came in a few years ago, like kind of wasn't didn't seem to cut the mustard internationally, no. and he's really improved. Uh, Nick Timoney had a great game, great. Team I thought he was brilliant. Uh, McCluskey again. I mean that man, like for the size of him. First of all, it takes three men every time to tackle him. He's kind of stands there, swats him off. Has all the time in the world. Has beautiful hands off mm-hmm. left and right. Like for me, like I know Hume was a great player there, and I know Chris Farrell is dealing with stuff off the pitch at the moment. But for me, when you're if you look at your block of four centres, he has to be in there. I think so. Four centers. Yeah, I can see Stuart McCluskey being a squad player, such a good guy to have around. He played the full 80 minutes as well, which I was delighted with. I kept kind of looking from on the pitch, making sure yeah. he was still on. Obviously, he's got over that hand injury. Mm. Um, so he got a good 80 minutes in, played really well defensively and offensively. So he's definitely kind of stuck up his hand being like, Andy Farrell, I'm your man if you need me. And he joined in the mall with Mac Hansen. I was like, get in there, boys. Look at the backs trying to, you know, be big man there now. Yeah, so, indeed, yeah. yeah. He's a big man, Stuart McCluskey. I know, oh, yeah. We'd God. take him in the mall, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you come. Yeah, but they were, they, do you know what? It was a kind of a scrappy game. And in fairness now, let's not take it away from Fiji. Fiji have improved over the years. Mm-hmm. They finally kind of pulled together their athletes. A lot of fellas come over from the sevens team yep. and they're well able to play ball. Two of the tries they scored. Oh, they were fantastic were tries. Fantastic tries. Mm. The first one that Jason mentioned there, they went down the wing, absolutely scorched them knowing there <laughs> and then the second one where they kind of played around the middle offload Balakun got caught and they went through the middle like unbelievable tries like, mm. which, so fair play to Fiji stepped up um, but a couple of guys who do you think threw up their hands for the World Cup selection for next year or even Six Nations before that in an Irish context yeah I mean I'd say definitely Treadwell is a guy that I probably wouldn't have thought would have been in that conversation at all to be a second round I think he's to be in that because what well, you're going to bring five, five six second like, yeah. this huge competition there like Justin in Leinster alone never mind Ireland so mm. he's a guy I think he's in for a shout I think Nick Timoney put his hand up there for a guy another really tough area to get into I was into. just going to say um, Jack Crowley I thought did a, did a good job off the bench I think all of a sudden you know you had the two Byrne brothers in there for a while you had Jack Carty in there and Jack, Jack Crowley's going to come in out of the cold really quick like more than anything because like, he wasn't really in the, the picture at all. He's uncapped, mm. played well in the emerging tour. I think he's a guy that like he could be that third choice out of come. I'd I'd like to France. see him. I think right now he's there's something about him, isn't there? There's something different to something I don't know, warming about him and positive. And I think, you know, look, you don't want to see him coming in on the opportunity of a of an injury like Joey Carberry um received, but at the same time, you know, he had, he took the opportunity when it came to him and he got a good 35 minutes, wasn't it, under yeah. his belt? So. What do you think of Jerry Malachman? I thought Jerry Malachman had a good game. Really good, because no. I think that was an area I'm concerned about as the depth of our front row, especially when it's such an area where there's an awful lot of injuries. Keen Healy came on and he scored in his 120th appearance, but at the same time, I think Lachman gives us something of a ball playing, a little bit like Tom O'Toole. So I'm happy. I thought he did great. Mm. I thought Prendergast as well. He came in as Lock instead of as, as the back row. Yeah. So... 
think he's a man who's been there or thereabouts training. So I think the depth of the squad is good. Um, and as Andy Farrell alluded to, like whether it's some players off the boil at the minute or we've injuries, mm. um, I think his depth is, is good at the minute. He's Yeah, I think there's no one really to kind of throw up their hand to be like, oh, I'm going to start for you, Andy Farrell. But a lot of fellas have kind of put up their hand to be in the squad. Yeah, in the conversation. With, in yeah. the conversation, being yeah. like, oh, I can fill in if one of the top lads is out, which mm. it's just kind of what we need. But Jimmy uh, O'Brien as well. As Jimmy O'Brien. Chelsea fullback, like he can play now. He's, he's shown us he can play centre, he can play in the wings, he can play yeah. fullback. And obviously, Hugo Keenan has had, you know, even to come in last week and play the way he played after being out for so long and have no rugby under his belt since the tour in New Zealand. Mm. Said a lot of our reliance on him, but I think Jimmy came in there and yeah. had another I said, I, I've been saying that for weeks. I was worried, like, when we lose Keenan, like, I know we have a lot of full backs, mm. but, like, I mean, I don't know, like, the, the likes of someone like a Mike Lowry or someone like even like putting a Simon Zebo or Jordan Armour back in there, very different kind of full back, and I don't think suits Ireland's game at the moment, like, no. a flashy full back, no disrespect to them. Whereas Keenan is is so safe, but he also has the skills to to do it when yeah. it, when it, when, it, when needed, and I think that's the kind of mold that Jimmy O'Brien fits as well. Yeah. You just you trust him back there, and it's such a pivotal position. You mm. need to trust him as as much as you trust anyone in any position yeah. as your fullback. Yeah, exactly. Jimmy's uh, I kind of use the word facilitator. They're just working away there, moving their wingers, picking lines, doing passes, making tackles. And I think a good fullback, you know Rob Kearney for years, like he yeah. just was doing his job. Safe as houses. Safe as houses, never worry about him trying something crazy. Um, so I think Jimmy would <coughs> slot in easily into that slot, but obviously Hugo Keenan's going to be the number one fullback. Yeah. But Jimmy, what a person to have in the squad to cover your entire back line from yeah. 10 to 15. I'd say he's, if he stays fit, he's going to be... If you can do a cold off the bench, Salafka, a turkey, <coughs> you can do it on any day in any position. Yeah. Like, for him to come in like the way he came in and in, 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 like out of the cold just in your oh, what was it how long was gone in the game was there 20 minutes gone what against South Africa yeah against South Africa to come in and do 20, what he did there like yeah. that he's, his stock is now permanently up after that so yeah we, well you've got the full, the full game against Fiji like, and um, I, was, I was really impressed with Jimmy you know? but the thing is obviously he doesn't want to be on the bench you know? he's no. obviously putting his hand up to try and get a starting position but I don't see where he'd slot in if everyone's fit and speaking of people doing fit, Robbie Henshaw went off after four minutes, was it? Poor Gary Ringrose, I'd say, was barely sitting on the bench. And he's like, up and in, and here you go, Gary, earn your keep for the week. And Gary obviously had another unbelievable game, but yeah. kind of worried about Robbie Henshaw now. He's been out for, what, two weeks in a row? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been very injury prone for the last few years. He's just unlucky and gets these niggly things. But I think the big question for me for next week is Bundy Aki, his suspension is up next week. Do you stick with McCluskey and Ringrose or do you bring Aki straight back into the starting lineup? I mean... I still think McCluskey deserves another game inside there. And maybe Gary needs a break because he was supposed to get one against Fiji. Yeah. Do you know? And maybe put Aki and Emmett McCluskey and see what they're like together. I think McCluskey Fair deserves to, to keep his spot and give him another crack. He yeah. even said in a, an interview he had with the IRFU uh, media team that he plays better when he gets consistent <coughs> games. And he says he obviously plays with Ulster week in, week out. So he wants a couple of games with Ireland. That's why he was running to get back for yeah. this Fiji game. You'd like to see him at 12 against Australia, give him a, a go against a top tier team, even though Australia lost against Italy, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. But um, McCluskey, I think, is, is doing doing well there. And if Henshaw's out, we probably need someone that's consistent like McCluskey. Yeah, I, no, I think McCluskey deserves to start. I think he deserves consistency. I think he's put up his hand. I think other than his injury against South Africa, I think he was standing out, at, you know, up until he was taken off at that moment. Like he was involved in some big, big plays for us. Um, and to be honest, I think Aki... Uh, 
I'm still upset with him. That's terrible, isn't it? About his red cards. And I think right now, yeah, I am. I am. I'm still upset with him. I'm going to say it. I'm sorry, Bundy. I like you. But like, do you know what I mean? I just don't think you deserve just to walk back in because of your name. You're an exceptional player. But there's been lads working there. And I don't think, I think it goes against the culture of your team, personally. But he's still so much to offer. But let, you know, there's been guys taking opportunity there now. And don't, I just don't think they should be just hacked out now because Bundy's back in. I I would start McCluskey and Ringrose. Yeah. And then have Bundy come off as an impact player. And I think he'll come on impacting hopefully in the right way and make that men's and be a game changer if it's a close game because I think it will be a close game. I mean, 12 changes Australia had this week against City, albeit that they lost. But I think we'll see those 12 changes reverse come this weekend against Ireland. So, yeah, I think Bundy will play a big part, but I wouldn't be starting him personally. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what Andy Farrell does with Bundy now. But I'm just so impressed with Gary Ringrose. Just every single game he plays well. He's the unreal. Man, defensively, offensively, everything he does is just, he's just the glue of the team. Yeah. And I think if you don't have a rugby brain, you don't really notice all the small things he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. He's unbelievable. I I don't even want to think about not having yeah. him because he's, for me, is one of the names on the team sheet straight away. Yeah. Johnny Sexton, Gary Ringrose and Ty yeah. Furlong for me and Ty Byrne, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Unbelievable. Good to see Ty get another good game as well. What you make of his game? Yeah, I mean, look. Ty Furlong talk about now as, as captain. Yeah, I know he did. He had a great game, in fairness to him. Um, he threw a couple of passes there, like a, kind of 20 metre passes off the left and right there in the first half. And look, I mean, you get what you get from Ty Furlong. You know, he doesn't have a bad game. It was great to see him captain the team. I think mm. it's a, an, an honour for him like that he deserved. Like, He's a guy that's been so influential since he came in. How long ago when he first came back in? Was it like back in 2016? Was it 2017? When he came in, like, and he's just been a mainstay. Yeah. Like, he, what's uh, six successive tests he started with the Lions as well. I mean, that's unheard of. So, good to see him, Captain. Good Irish guy, a good, honest um, Irishman. I thought his, uh, his comments in the press conference on Tuesday, whatever it was, when he got announced as captain, it was like, you know, what do you dream of when you're, uh, as a young fella? I was like, well, I didn't dream of being Irish captain. He was like, what do you dream of? I was like, no, like, you know, my mother's roast dinner and sports and gravy. Like, <laughs> I was like, and he, you know he's being honest, like, because he was like, I never dreamed of being Ireland captain. So he's just there and he's just living the moment and going, here I am, mm. the, be- the best hide in the world. <laughs> he's just unapologetically himself, like, and I love yeah. that about him. There's no crap. And I don't know if he'll obviously do another stint as captain, but he, he kind of stepped up and he's obviously in that leadership group now in the in the senior team. Um, but Johnny, if he's fit, will obviously be the captain for Ireland. But yeah. um, you touched on it there a while ago, Jason, is Jack Crowley. Yeah. And he got his debut. Shout out to Jack. Um, do you want to give his background for everyone? What, where you yeah. come up to the I ranks? Mean, he's a guy like this, really, really, really impressed at under 20s level. Um, I think the big story is, you might be aware of this, is a couple of years back when O'Gara went over to Lara Shelley, he actually tried to steal Crowley and try to bring him in. So at the time, I think we had JJ Hanren and Carberry and Ben Healy coming through. And I think we had... Um, Ian Keatley was probably still knocking there, mm-hmm. there was a few guys yeah. there. At the time, we'd four or five out ass. Like, and he was like, there were, once there was like, we're adamant, no, this guy has got a future. And if Ron Nogara like, is trying to bring you over to La Rochelle at like 19 years of age, you got something about you. Yeah, big time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's good. Like, as in, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talking. Like, I'm in Limerick, obviously. I'm sure there's a lot of talk in Cork and the rest of the, the counties in, in Munster. But there is a lot of talk about it. Everyone just says it, as you said. There's something about him. He's got a bit about him. He's that little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't, like, the pressure doesn't seem to phase him. You know, he's coming in to international rugby. He came str- straight into some big matches for Munster. It just seems to be, look, don't put too much pressure on him. Don't do this kind mm. of thing what they do over in England with their soccer players and hype this guy up to be, he's going to be a superstar and he's brilliant. He's got the potential. He seems to have his head screwed on. I think he'll go places. Just give him time and be patient with him. That was yeah. my thing. I actually said it while I was sitting down watching the match with my family on the weekend. 
and everyone was just like Jack Crowley, Jack Crowley, Jack Crowley, and all the media was going crazy about him. And I was like, leave the lad Correct. alone! Like, yeah, he's a he's what twenty, he's young twenties, and yeah. he's uh, pressure. You're going to be the next Johnny Sexton. Come on, let's see. It's like <laughs> let the lad play his yeah. game. Like I know Jack well because he came into the seven scene for a while. Yeah. He's so meticulous. Very particular about his game. He gets everything right. Does his extras. Like he's one of those guys that you're like, okay, if he keeps going this way, he's yeah. going to be the man. Sky's the limit. But don't put the pressure on him. Everyone listen. Stop at Jack Crowley. Just let him do his thing. All right. He's playing really well. He's got his debut. Got his first kick for Ireland. Slotted through the post. It's obviously very calm demeanor about him that he's bringing through to senior ranks. I heard he impressed down in Emerging Ireland as well. Yeah. yeah like in and around the, the camp and stuff, which is great. But leave him alone just to do his thing now. That's yeah. all right. 100%. He seems very... Like he seemed very calm guy. Like his yeah. post match interview that he didn't like lose himself. He alluded to a great group of players that took him under his wing, and he alluded to as well the management team. So I think hopefully he'll be very much protected in that sense, and yeah. hopefully he won't get involved in any of the media frenzy and the yeah. hype. He seems a guy who just really loves his rugby, and uh, actually one of the guys from my club was shown a picture where he was a ball boy with the club, like uh, Pat's from from Cork. So he's just seemed a guy who's really steeped in the history of rugby up through the the ranks from like just community foundation level and has has reached his boyhood dream of playing for Ireland. So. I don't to me and the brief kind of interviews I've seen of him and his playing I don't think hopefully he'll lose the run of himself under no, the pressure yeah. I don't think he's, I don't ar think he's he already in the toughest position on the pitch like I mean yeah. to be an out half like an international out half it doesn't come harder it no. really doesn't like he has enough pressure on his shoulders let him do his thing yeah he really has his stuff together I trained with him for a season and even talking to people coming up from Cork that all the way through school and 20s and the whole way up he's really had his stuff together and he's the guy that's always leading the charge yeah. and now he's finally gotten to his boyhood dream he's got his first cap so I do think he's going to push on from here yeah. but also we have to remember there's guys like Ben Healy that were sitting at home watching he had the game a great the weekend. Game. he had a great game against yeah. Springboks A and there's all the two Burn brothers I bumped into one of them in Ranelagh the other day like these guys are still sitting there as well so Jack Hackley's having a great season Jack playing Hackley's great rugby for Connacht as well at the moment like, so there's, so there's, just, there's also Billy Burns still there who's still doing a great job for Ulster so there's guys there there's plenty of guys there so. I think we're good in depth but again it's it's who fits the mould for us as Ireland and what style of rugby we want to play and like that might change like obviously you'll go into a World Cup looking at your opposition your pool stages but then you can't really look at you know what are the variables when we go through to knockout stages but I think like how many times like I don't think we've had an era where we've had so many names for potentials in the 10 jersey so yeah. it's a good spot because it's so pivotal yeah. yeah, such a pivotal position for for any team, you know, oh, to be successful. Hundred percent, and obviously Joey picked up a knock, um, and we're knock. hopefully he's not too too injured off the back of it. But <laughs> it was a crazy hit, wasn't it, Lindsay? For God's sake, I don't know what was wrong with people the weekend. You know, we'll go into Pierre Steph to Titan, and yeah. uh, oh God, like you know, again when you can see when you're kind of like I've been there, you, you're reckless. You want to get in and get you're not you're not reckless, but you're like you're intense. You want to make an impact. But in rugby, if you've time to see what your next move is, then just don't do it. And mm. I think that was the case for the like the tackle was made in Carby. You knew what you were doing coming in. It was in open space. There was yeah. plenty of time to assess it. It wasn't kind of like a quick decision. Like it, no. he, he was he was quite deep, and he came in and he kind of. There was absolutely no need for it. Like I, I normally, like you kind of, yeah. I would feel sorry in some instances and go, "Oh, look, come here. He just got it. He got it wrong. He set up the last minute. There was no sliding up at the last minute. He was there and he up high and he came from a distance in a huge amount of space and yeah. just and yeah, it was a nasty one. And I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing it. Nobody to be honest with you. It was a nasty one, and I am surprised that Joey stayed awake. 
off the back of it. A hundred percent, I thought he was gone. Yeah. Into, the, into the jaw. Usually yeah. that would knock someone out. And it was, yeah. you went in between two back rows, I think, two Fijian back rows. And I was like, Joey. The fact he was, didn't even stay down. I was no, like, you yeah. are made of tough stuff, man. Um, so I'm just hoping that he's okay Monday morning that we might see him again this weekend. But, yeah, speedy recovery for him. Yeah, delighted to see your man get a red card. You can't be just throwing shoulders at fellas no. like that. It's so dangerous. I was reckless. Yeah, I don't even want to give it too much airtime anymore because it's so silly, but we need to get that out of the game. And before we preview the Australia game this weekend, um, our very own Pat was on uh, speaking to Will Skelton, who plays with La Rochelle and obviously plays with Australia. And he was over speaking to him about his career with the A Season With series with Rugby Joe. So take a look at this. Yeah, that's one word you could say is settled. Yeah, I think we've, uh, there's no real excuse now. Like, uh, meaning wise, I've got to know everything that's said when yeah. it's in French. Uh, <laughs> there's no excuse for me now. Alti's actually thrown me on the bus because he came in fluent French. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he literally knows everything. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, uh, no, definitely settled. Um, excited for another season. I think, um, you know what we achieved last year was 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 amazing, um, but f for now, when the season starts, it's always about trying to back it up and trying to see where we can take it. Yeah. What was your own? Because I remember, like, uh, you know, getting into that Champions Cup final. Mm -hmm. How little had you played or been on the pitch before you got out onto the pitch? You know. Um, yeah, so I done my calf maybe five weeks before, um, and I think it was, it was a small tear, but they'd forecast for four weeks um, to be out. Um, and that was just on the final of the Champions Cup and I managed to get it right just for one week before um, and we literally capped it at 15 minutes so I played 15 minutes against La Frate I didn't warm up with the team I literally stayed in I stayed inside when they, the team warm up because he didn't want to warm up my calf and then get it cold and then come back on and they literally went if someone gets injured we're just going to play a 14 until the last 15 to get me right and I was very rusty in that game <laughs> when I came on I felt like Horrendous. Yeah. Um, the lungs were, yeah, they they got a hammering, um, and yeah, it just felt a bit off rugby-wise. But then, yeah, it's it's the Champions Cup final. You mm. just step up for the in that big game. Had a full week of training. I felt really good, um, and then yeah, we, we were lucky enough to get the win at the end. And um, I seen what's it like? I was went to Leinster for some of their pre-season and. Mm. It's almost like uh, they've kind of learned their lesson, maybe in a way, and they're used to playing these South African sides now. So they've got in big Jason Jenkins, a big South yeah, African. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, like, yeah. It's almost like trying to uh, skeleton-proof themselves for it. No, for no way. <laughs> I didn't do anything for it. Um, no, yeah, I saw they boosted their recruitment. I think that's what, mate. That's trying to get the best players. They've already got a bloody great team anyway, so yeah, yeah. don't know what they. They needed to get him as well. They was <laughs> gonna be unstoppable now. Hey, I saw what is it? Um, at the front there, like I don't know if you know if there's a story behind it. I haven't even asked anybody else yet. But there's like a, a, a banged up old car parked out in the car park. Out there, isn't <laughs> yeah. It? Is that somebody has to drive around in it? So we got like a, a fine system. It's a roulette. So mm. it's basically, yeah, you spin the wheel, and there's different segments of the different uh, punishments. So mm. if you're late, if you wear the wrong kit. Um, if you do something, if you get a yellow card on the weekend or a red card, knock on wood, no more red cards. Um, and one of them is a Twingo. So the, the club, we put money in for the fines. Is if you something, I think there's 150 euro. There's one called the Twingo, which is that car. And that's literally the club captain says bought this car. I don't know. I think he bought it for 500 euro. And literally, and whenever you get, you have to drive it for the week. Um, and at the end of your week, you've got to have modified the car a bit. 
that's why you've got the flames, you've got the spoiler. I think there was a dildo in there somewhere. <laughs> there was a, there's a lot of stuff like fairy, bloody handles, um, subwoofers and stuff like that. So some of the boys love getting the Twinger because they get the chance to modify it and do whatever they want with it. So I'm lucky I haven't been able to get it yet, but I think I'll do something special to it too. Uh, I was reading an interview with, um, with yourself from a while back and you were talking about uh, Raj, you're playing under Raj. And we are talking about this old PlayStation 2 game. Uh, <laughs> was Is that still something that you guys might still play around with? Yeah, we still got it. Actually, we just bought it out again. So, like, um, one of the boys took the adapter, so we couldn't play for a while. But it's it's come back, and we just jumped on it. Um, Olsen, actually, he's a he's a he's a pretty good gamer. So he's come in, and he bought us PS4. And so we've had to put the PS2 away with Roger's um, 98 of the stars rating there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's no, it's been good. Like uh, we've got a nice little, uh, what do you call it, a little salon there that we play our games and when when there's time before meetings and we catch up, have coffees and stuff like that. So it's just a nice way to get through the day um, when we're not always on rugby. So uh, would you love actually in a way like to you know FIFA? You know, it's just been released again. Yeah. Like would you love to see a kind of a, a, you know? A, Obviously, yeah, always, always. I think we've been wanting a. Everyone who loves rugby away, if you just want a, a game like that um, every year, but I don't know if it's, it must be a money thing or, you know, EA not, EA Sports not really, or the game's not really thinking, seeing much value in having that, but I know I'd definitely buy it if, um, if the games came through, but yeah, I think there is rugby games out at the moment, like anyway, so um, I just don't know how good the quality is. Yeah, the kind of stature that you have as well, like. Was there an age where you kind of like were you just always kind of big growing up, or when did, did you kick on? Like you know, when no, yeah, I've always somewhere? been. I've always been quite big. I think probably yeah, when I got fourteen, fifteen, I sort of got to a size, and I've sort of stayed around that. Mm. Probably and fluctuated a little bit from there. Like probably yeah, two meters and one hundred and between one thirty-five and one forty. Like I've always been quite heavy. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. But I don't think I managed to control my weight uh, on the field until probably late teens, like 17, 18, 16, 17, 18, where I sort of got a handle of how to throw my body around and how to be a bit more physical. Yeah, yeah. is there photos, because I know like there's famous like, photos of like, uh, you know, Billy Vinopola sitting with his yeah. Were there photos of you doing the rounds at that as well? Uh, no, nah, I don't know. I think I've, I was, I'm not like Billy though. I managed to always have like a tall friend. Like, <laughs> so my best mate, he's also a lock. He plays at Poe. Stephen Cummins his name and he's yeah we're about the same height so I always managed so me and him would always walk around and we'd always get the tall jokes thrown at us is it how's the weather up there and stuff like that but um, no there's not many photos of like that I've always sort of hang out with the big guys we're always together so um, I think I was I was a bit lucky there what's the like, um, you know, like for you kind of you know being with the moving on from Saracens and having your time with Waratahs like that what do you kind of like like about you know for somebody who might not know much about the area of La Rochelle like yeah. what do you kind of like about the area living here Oh, it's amazing. It's it's such a it's not a very big town, you know. Like uh, I think there's about seventy thousand people here, um, right near the water. Great produce. Um, the town absolutely adore rugby. Like, they love rugby. Um, you see the flags everywhere. Um, I think just the it's a, a small town. Everywhere to, everywhere to you want to go is so close, um, and it's like summer all the time. You know, like it's like you get beautiful weather. Um, that's one thing that really we were, was really attractive when we when we signed here is that um, lifestyle-wise, 
Um, it, the weather's not that far off England. You just get way more sun. So <laughs> I think so. Moving here was it was an amazing choice. Um, my wife loved it straight away. First day we got here, we, we had lunch with the president and. They brought out the oysters and the prawns and langoustines, and my wife looked at me and said, we've got to sign here, I think, because she loves seafood. So, um, no, yeah, I think just that being a, a, such a small town who really gets behind the team, I think for me, that's, that's been amazing. And what's it like, you know, as a, as a bunch of players, does everybody live close enough? Like, is there, yeah. is there one state? Kind of no, I think, like, because like, I said it was a small town, like, you can live 10 minutes away and it's so close. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's also an island off, it's a, a holiday in Ilderay, which a lot of the, a few boys live there. Rog lives there. He's got a massive mansion up there, 12 bedrooms, all his, all his kids. And, um, no, I'm kidding. But there's a lot of boys who live on the island. Um, and a lot of boys who buy the houses and live not far from here as well, which mm. is, uh, which is great. Not far from training. Uh, everyone's close. Whenever we have a barbecue, it's not far to get to. Um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. And uh, Dylan, um, was telling him, he spoke about, um, now everybody knows about those scenes at the port when you guys came back, yeah. the place was hot. Um, I, I was kind of saying, uh, he said one of the bits that he loved most about it was, he said it was almost like a wait at the airport for two or three hours, and that was the bit that he almost enjoyed as much. You know, yeah. He was just sitting around looking at each other. No, exactly, yeah. Mm. A massive delay at the airport after we won. Like, we, yeah. we had to get back, but... Just thinking, I, I remember that because a lot of the boys, so a lot of the boys who didn't play were quite tired. Obviously, they'd been drinking all day and then everyone was napping. I don't know if he told you. like So there's like a little lounge in that and everyone was sleeping. And I don't know why, after the game, I was gone. Like, I was so tired. I've never been more tired after a game. But then when we got to the airport, I sort of picked up. So I was drinking warm beers, trying to get everyone up. Um, that's when we had some funny conversations, some funny stories, yeah. some good music being played. No, that was a, that was a great time. The World Cup is coming up next year as well. Like, is there being, would you love to, to be involved as well, especially being in France as well? Like, oh, I would love to. Yeah, no, of course. That's uh, yeah, that's obviously the goal. Like that's a, that's the end goal, especially now with how the rules have, have panned out. Um, you want to be just being playing really good footy to be selected, um, and that starts here at La Rochelle. Like that's that's playing week in week out. Um, and improving as a player, I think. Uh, I think if I'm if I'm playing well enough, hopefully I can get selected. But it's still a year away. Um, anything can happen. Not I got injured a few times last year, so hopefully um, I'm backing up for my team. Great stuff, great stuff. Uh, as, as we alluded to before, you can obviously catch the rest of that series on Rugby Joe's Instagram and TikTok, where we'll be chatting to the Bristol Bears and La Rochelle this season. Back to you, boss. <laughs> yeah, so we're obviously chatting to Will Skelton there. He plays for Australia and we have Australia up this weekend. But before we talk about that game, they lost to Italy in Florence. What was it? 28-27. Unbelievable for yeah. Italy, isn't it, Lindsay? It is. I think it's nice. They played some good stuff. Um, like everyone's given out about, I don't know, Australia should be beating Italy. But I think we're being disrespectful to countries like Italy and Argentina who are really investing, you know, and we're probably starting to see those young Italians come up now and really start to give back to the senior team. So for some countries, it's a long L road to get, you know, depth in, in their programs. But yeah, hopefully we've coming up. I think who 
Let me see. Can I? Capuzzo had two tries. Um, Capuzzo. So, and Bruno as well. So, I mean, Italy were well worth their win. You know, I don't think they should be taken or undermined with that. But obviously, Australia would be panicking about the depth of their squad. A lot of changes. Will Skelton, 135 kgs of him, started his first test for Australia since 2015, I think. So, yeah, they're starting to get ready for a World Cup. But you have to kind of think 10 months out, how many games have you got left now to blood these players after yeah. a poor performance? Yeah, there was a lot of changes for Australia. But still, Australia are still a top to your team they're in the rugby championship and for Italy to mm. beat them it's just amazing for rugby as a whole especially Italians because Italy have just been plugging away for years always getting a bait in the Six Nations like and then they beat South Africa in 2016 in Florence in the same place they beat yeah. Australia so obviously it's don't move out of Florence don't Italy. move out Do of Florence not. Yeah. <laughs> that's the space to be I think Italy beat Wales at the end of the Six Nations as yeah. well so they're definitely coming up the ranks and you're delighted for them like they just yeah. work so hard and they seem to be so passionate and fellas like Capuzzo coming up and Ioani Monte Ioani in the wing was yeah. unbelievable Ace. yeah he had some good yeah, that's something play. they didn't have before like, they have these X-Factor players now I know Monte was with Benetton for a while he's after signing for is it the Melbourne Rebels Pat I think over in Super Rugby because yeah. he can, he left to go back to Australia but he like he's a guy that would walk into most international yeah. games Capuzzo is only 22 He's the guy that broke onto the scene with that incredible try against Wales in the Six Nations last year. He scored two tries again two the weekend. Times, yeah. He's just been nominated for World Rugby Breakthrough Player of the Year. He's got a big contract. He's with Toulouse now. That guy is like another... That's something they didn't have before. And no. they've got structure. And they've yeah. got a good coach in there as well. So I, I hope now that this isn't just another kind of dip in the water and they kind of fall apart again in the Six Nations. I'd love to see him get a scalp or two in the Six Nations. Yeah, I'd love to see two, at least two wins of them. Except <laughs> exactly. Well, I think that was the thing, wasn't it? Run out of test matches now and Andy Farrell will have to probably reassess the Six Nations and probably start to build his, his start in 15 or his, you know, his top 23 with going into a World Cup and you're, you're probably not going away to Italy now this year thinking, oh, I'll start to blood in the changes. You know, it's it's going to be a big championship and we're run And then you've only three test games, I think, in August before you hit a World Cup. So, yeah, like, that's the importance now. He's kind of run out of time for changes and Italy aren't, aren't the rollover they once <laughs> well, were, I don't think. Say, Italy aren't going to roll over anymore. No, they have no. these superstars littered throughout their team and it's great to see. Even, like, Tommaso Allen came on and started at 10 and he's an class incredible player. player. For him not to be able to start in Italy, they, yeah. that's a good problem for yeah. them. So, delighted for Italy, well done. But we have Australia up next and I presume they're going to go back to their full-strength team. Mm-hmm. How do you look uh, at that game this weekend? Yeah, I mean, look, you've got like, Michael Luber coming back in, you've got uh, Tupo coming back in, Jim Slipper coming back in, Nick Weiss, like absolute superstars. I mean, I don't know, what way do we look at this game the weekend? Do we completely switch everything around, go back to our strongest team and hope to go out and have a real intense test match oh, I think so probably you know it's November it's what is it 10 months out of a World yeah, Cup 10 months, yeah. I think we go no offence just go all out I think Australia are going to be much better and it's going to be a good test for us and yeah I, I, I literally I, I wouldn't make actually I'd bring back in sex and obviously I'd give Gibson Park at 9 to centre debate we've already discussed we'll see how that goes obviously I'd have I keep Mac on the wing. I think Balakun on the other wing. I think he's playing brilliant. I mm-hmm. bring Hugh Keenan back in full back. I'd get James Ryan back in there. I'd get Peter Mahoney back in. Um, I guess who else? Who else is there to back in? I, I look. I I go. I put our strongest possible team out. Probably the same. Pa- near enough. Probably the same team starting yeah. against South Africa. Basically, really, like yeah. the pack will be under pressure to get that. Like good set piece ball, you know, and and I thought it, it was key, and obviously breakdown the breakdown area, which probably Australia were guilty of against Italy and lost an awful lot of ball. They look lethargic. I think they will probably look to target again our breakdown to slow down our ball because that's where Ireland are really really successful now at the minute is 
a bit like Leinster-esque, like just, you know, three to five second rust and that ball is moving and we've got players coming in and it's it's very, very hard to play against. So I'd be the same as you. I think we need to start our strongest team because I think this Australian team and Dave Rennie will have a point to prove on their point, like, especially after two losses. You know what I mean? They're, they, Australia are a proud nation, a proud yeah. rugby nation. So I think it'd be nice for us to play under that pressure. Uh, still being no, world number one, mm. we've beaten South Africa, we've backed it up after beating New Zealand. So I think to get the scalp against Australia, Again, I don't want us to go and I was only having this conversation with my dad over the weekend, you know, this again, this excitement and expectation for us. I don't want that, but obviously I want us to again kind of get another galvanizing win. Like, 100%, but I mean, I don't want to say that live on this <laughs> podcast. You heard it here oh first, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, so I think you made a good point there about Dave Rennie though as well. Dave Rennie is one of those coaches that he can just pull something out on, on game day. He's just a very clever, a very clever coach, very tactical coach and he's a guy I'd be wary of. Like he could mm. just, he'll have done a lot of analysis in Ireland like, and he can just come out with something because he's done it like and he's, he's the guy that gets big scalps out of nowhere from yeah. time to time because he's just, he's he's one of the best coaches in the world so I would be, there ain't going to be any pushovers Australia even though this isn't the strongest Australia we've, te- we've seen in no. recent memory. Yeah, but they're going to bring back their big boys as you said, Hooper, White, Slipper, uh, Tupo, Kellaway, they're all going to go back in. It's going to be a, a I presume the strongest Australian team they can have because yeah. Ireland are the the test game now. Everyone comes in to try and play Ireland. Like we used to go try and play New Zealand. We still do that, but like we're the number one in the world. So people want to come and play against us. So they're obviously going to come and have a good go off the boys. So you'd like to see Andy Farrell use it as a proper go now in the build up to the Six yeah. Nations and the World Cup is play our full strength team. See, can we do three weeks in, uh, in a row, back to back games, three wins because... When else in the season do you get three international games back to back? Like, you know, yeah. unless you're in a big competition. So it's unbelievable prep for the World Cup coming up. Um, but we'd just like to see maybe some young fellas on the bench mm. and give them, a, give them a couple of minutes on the weekend. What do you think? Do you think a Prendergast has made a way onto the bench or a Timoney who got man the match against Fiji? Yeah, I don't know who I'd put in now with them because mm. I think Timoney actually had a great game. He just was a workhorse. He, he just continued his form for Ulster and brought it up a level to international. But he's gone into such a tough position in the back row. Like, I can't see us not picking Van der Fleer. I mean, Van der Fleer, Mahoney, Kenan Doris had another fantastic game, just lovely, sublime little touches. Jack Conan probably come on and he, we're starting to gradually see him come back mm. in a little bit into the form. Um, I'd love to see probably Prendergast on it, but I, that's unfair to me. But I think Prendergast is just someone who needs to get these big games under mm. his belt because I think realistically I could see him making the squad, you know, if he continued in the form that he's been in and you can kind of see him stepping up for Connacht into that more leadership role. So, yeah. But I, it's unfair in Timoney, but I can't see him breaking into that It's crazy up. to see that like Timoney has an unbelievable game, two tries, man the match, and we're still like, oh, I don't know if he'll make it into the team. It's terrible, it's isn't it? It's such a good problem. It's, just, it's, it's probably our strongest area as a back row. I think the only person there I think it really has a chance of getting in, and it's just because of the circumstances. I think Jack Crowley could be on the bench because the nature of Joey's injury, it's a head injury. If he's concussed, mm. I, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be playing the weekend. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, and considering the nature of his bang, there's a good chance he is. No, I'm not a doctor, I'm not making assumptions, but I would say there's a good chance they won't risk him this weekend because yeah. it's a head injury. Yeah. So, I mean, Jack Crowley, I mean, even if he gets 20 minutes off the bench against Australia. That'd be nice for him, I think he deserves it. Yeah, true. And with like the European Cup coming up in December and stuff, Joey's going to have big games to, to keep his yeah. uh, minutes up. So, yeah, it'd be cool to see Crowley on the bench. Um, but one other thing I wanted to kind of touch on with the Irish selection before we move on is the back three. It seems like Mac 
Hansen has gotten his position. Yeah. Robert Balakin has got two mm. games in a row now. Keane is going to have 15 probably. Um, is that, you think, is the back three for Ireland now in the next couple of months? Or we still have like the likes of James Lowe to come That's back in? I just want to say, there's someone, I mean, you know I mean, James Lowe comes back in when James Lowe is at his best. When he's at his best, he is unstoppable. And like, just before he got injured the last time he was at Ireland against New Zealand and stuff, he was incredible. Yeah. And I, I personally think our strongest back three is Lowe, Hansen and Keenan. But I was thinking yeah, the yeah. same because he gives that extra left foot as well, didn't it? That we, yes. we saw from Jimmy O'Brien and I think that gives us a different dynamic on an exit and just box kicking. And if that's our game play for that opposition, then it gives us just a different dynamic. So, and he's a, like, I mean, he's a big winger. He's who a can, truck. <laughs> he's an, <laughs> like, I mean, you don't, you miss him absolutely plowing over people. You know, he's like, you could be a forward if you're yeah. starting to slow down your le- like later nice years. Balance with Hansen and Lowell really, because you've yeah, got yeah. that big strong winger with a big boot when you've got Hansen who's a playmaker and the boys can switch wings and they can slot in at receiver and slot like low loves coming in off his wing like with these hard lines inside off the nine and Always inside off the ten it. and he's, yeah. he's looking for it whereas Hansen just kind of floats around and we call him a busy bee I suppose yeah. what Hansen is he gets in the Oliver because like he played ten for a lot of his career like so mm. I think that's a good balance and then you've got your 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 bricks and mortar with Keane in full back yeah, you exactly. Know. Do you think Balakun will get the shout again against Australia though this weekend? I think he deserves it. I think he got very little time. You know, even when he gets chances, he takes them. You know, and um, I know he was kind of, but you know, kind of bamboozled a little bit for some of the Fiji breaks and stuff like that. But I think that again comes a time. He's only what five caps. Yeah, right and now? he's coming back from a big injury as well. And you know, he's he's a guy. I mean, it's very unfair to say that Low will come straight back in because like, he actually has been very impressive. Yeah, yes, and he's he's a great player, but. I don't know. It's interesting to see that there's, there's still more guys. Like you're forgetting about you've Andrew Conway still to come back in as yeah. well. Uh, I don't think Keith Earls is finished yet. Like, and I think this if you as soon as you start writing off Keith Earls, you're in trouble because that guy's going to come back and probably be in the World Cup next yeah. year. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see. It is going to be interesting to see for sure. Um, another massive game of the weekend was France South Africa. It was a massive game. It was a proper test match. France won 27-26. Um, there's a lot of people giving out about it. One being Razi Erasmus. The man needs to get off his phone. What you make of it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Yeah, I think he's like petulant and, you know, he's given out. And But sometimes it's nice reading against the board. I'm like, he just, you know, he, you never know. what. It's like a soap opera, isn't it? Yeah, it's entertaining, like, that the director of rugby of South Africa, the world it's, champions, just goes on his phone and starts tweeting to the but world. He's like, going but too far now. Like, I, this kind of thing, like, he's undermining the referees too much. I, I love when he's having a bit of fun and he's giving out about the opposition or whatever or messing about and giving out about world rugby. But to undermine the referees consistently, it's probably like we said, there's a reason why there's no bloody referees in the country. Yeah. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world. I mean, trying to be a rugby referee, like not only are is there a, a book of laws about that big, but they're changing every second week when we're, we're rugby these days. There's it, there's it's probably the biggest sport in the world. That's when it, when it comes to sorry, in terms of being open to interpretation, mm. so many laws and variations are open to interpretation. So it's you're never going to get it right, right and. You know, when he came out with that video initially, like it was hilarious. The the Lions video, this big 60 minute video, because it was unprecedented. Yeah. We'd never seen anything like it. But I think I personally think, and I am Razzie's biggest fan, he's taking it too far. It needs to stop. It's it's not fair on the referees and the officials. They're not going to. Now, I'm, once again, I'm not saying Barnes had a good game. I'm not his biggest fan. I never I'm have been not great, his biggest big, fan. But I wouldn't say he went out to purposely kind of, you know, catch catch that after out like maybe he was influenced by the crowd but you're going to be influenced by the home crowd in any home stadium yeah. you know so I think it's very unfair I think he needs to just take a step back and I mean I, I saw a comment here the other day and it, people are he's making South Africans sound like Salt Africa that's what they're, call, <laughs> they're calling them now Salty, yeah. do you know and it, it's just I think it's a, it's a bad reflection on the country because we know South Africa are still 
the, probably I would still say they're the best team in the world. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Because they're, they're the world champions. So until you def- until you become world champions, you're not the best team in the world. Ireland might be number one. Uh, France might have beaten them. But South Africa are the world champions. So yeah. until we, whatever is it, the end of October next year, yeah, they're the best the team in the world. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah, South Africa hold the trophy. But yeah. I do think one thing that rugby really has gone for compared to other sports is the respect for the officials. Mm. You see in soccer, they'll be shouting at the ref up in their faces. Where in rugby, you can't say anything to the ref, you're going to get carded. Yeah. And it just seems that the values of the game are kind of slipping when Razzie Rasmus is out tweeting about these refs and yeah. it's like someone going on every Monday morning and analysing your job like do you know what I mean it's like oh you messed up here you messed up there and he's just kind of like low key indirectly calling out the French uh, backroom staff for what the broadcasting dropping for the 30 seconds that they needed to I, review I, w- I will give him that though because it's not the first time no. that's happened and uh, yeah. I, I, I like uh, Pat you mentioned that during the week it's something that come the World Cup if they're if they're hosting the World Cup next year, right, and all of a sudden the the video screen, because we know for like if anyone's been in, like I'm sure you've been in the stadiums of France mm-hmm. and side of France was a big game on. If there's a decision against the away team, that's a little questionable. All of a sudden the screens go blank, and all of a sudden there's no replays. <laughs> but when if there's an incident that's in favour of a French side, there is 72 angles within five seconds. Uh. So that is something that the French are cute for and I've been well known for for so many years mm. come World Cup next year that has to stop it is questionable you've you been through some Frenchman smoking a fag out in the, no, out, no, outside no, no. the stadium it, and he's just here the bloke like. <laughs> yeah that's what everyone's thinking no no and he's just putting it out I don't know there's something a bit fishy there right and Razzie might have a little bit of a point but yeah. there's ways of going about this of course what are we, where does it stop like do we get Joe Smith now on TikTok like doing videos like do you know what I mean where? I watched that yeah <laughs> well for entertainment well it's as I said it's refreshing to see that like I do appreciate the values and like the interpretation laws I would hate to be a referee and I'm not Barnes' biggest fan because he's just so he, there's no talking to him so that's one point I'd say Razzie you're like you're giving you're giving airtime to someone who he does the same thing for every game he officiates yeah. like he's infuriating but that's him and he's obviously one of the top referees it was his he's surpassed now Nigel Owens it's, yeah. it was his 101st test game like so he's a hell of a ref like. he is a hell of a ref yeah. but he is infuriating like oh he, of course I don't know many times I've you know wanted to chuck things at the telly at him like I'm like for god's <laughs> sake I thank god you've never ref me because I'd be gone but like look he had a point it was a double movement like how and Barnes was standing in front of it I was like oh come on mate like different with the Jimmy O'Brien because it was kind of 50-50 and it looked like obviously it was, it was double movement it was it was yeah. a triple movement if anything <laughs> 100% now the French one or Jimmy O'Brien's no the French the oh French the French one, one. French he was like was a he was like a baby that just before they were starting to walk he yeah. was like crawling along to the try line like no, you're talking you're talking that about the Sibley Fatale yeah if that happened to us like we would have been infuriated like what was that 78 minutes yeah you know it was like that was the one that was the the and the Willie yeah, LaRue was, it, it was as straight as a ruler, that pass, like for <laughs> God's sake. Do you know, so he does have points, but like, yeah, you have to have a bit of time. Yeah, when you're that's the game. Like, as, as Jason said, the rugby is such a hard game to interpret and everyone's going to have different angles, different opinions. Yeah. And I'd even be of the opinion that Felatea's try at the end that he got shunted by his fellas behind him and pushed over it's, the line. Fair points, fair points. But that's what I dare again. Don't argue with that until the cows come home. But no, the timing on that. Jimmy O'Brien's one, you can see the clear out. Jimmy O'Brien's I know, but on the timing of the clear out, but that, no, I, I'm not budging on anything and I'm a forward. Like I want the tie head prop to get it, but that was absolutely, he was licking the grass crown along. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I think he got shunted over. Like, get out oh, of I here. Know, he stops, he goes, he stops, he goes. And like he came to a complete stop and then he crawls along. He had a fag and he took out the plug for the big screen and then put it. No, but the main point you want to take from this is the fact that like when it comes to stuff like that, 
that's our job as the media, right? And, and, and the fans and people to watch to come out and tweet and Instagram and TikTok and say, oh, I think that shouldn't have been passed. It's not a director of rugby's job to be out on Twitter, to be putting that stuff up and undermining referee when you're in that position of power, when you're, when you're like, you're supposed to, I don't know what's the word I'm trying to use here. Like, I mean, you're, you're supposed, supposed to, be, to have decorum and leadership. Be, yeah, yeah. And it's supposed to be you're supposed to the values of the game. Like, and you're supposed to be the essence of that. Like, he's not the person that should be doing that. Yeah, well, we had Louis Ludic on last week and he was of the opinion that Razzie does this stuff to take mm. the pressure off the players, which is true because we're yeah. now sitting on a podcast talking about Razzie and not talking about <laughs> South Africa losing Correct. and their poor performance. So maybe Razzie is operating at a different mental level and has us all like little puppets and you're all uh, <laughs> talking well, about his... Would he be Razzie. first on your list for a night out? Let's be honest with this. <laughs> oh, you? oh, you're Razzie's great in a night out. Yeah, exactly. So we'd all be like, oh yeah, you should have no, we'll come in, out with In us. fairness to South Africa, if you look at the game itself, I mean, I don't think Sadafka played poorly. No, I, mean, I don't think so either. I think Peter Steftortois will be embarrassed by himself, by, by his actions. I think he knew straight away. I think what he did for that red card was reckless, ridiculous, absolutely, like, no excuses whatsoever. He knew straight away when he did it. Dante and has a broken eye socket. I mean, like, it's for God's shocking. Sake. But, like, to lose him so early on, to lose a guy so pivotal, former World Player of the Year in such a pivotal position, and... For them to come back in the manner which they did, like because a lot of people were like, I remember even talking to some of my friends. They were like, "Okay, that's it now. Red card early on in the game. Game over. Is the reason isn't even worth watching." But yeah, like they probably should have won that game. Like, yeah. Well, in fairness to Peter Stephenson, it's his first card he's ever gotten in his career, so he's not a dirty player. No, he's no. He's been a world player of the year. Yeah. He obviously, obviously, blood to the head, and he got hit from behind as well. But then yeah. his head went into Dante's face, and suppose he's after breaking his cheekbone. Hopefully, he hasn't, but supposedly he has. So. But Step to Twelve was like miserable after he was so upset with what he did. Yeah, like, so yeah. he's not a bad guy. But no, he's not. A bad, I'm sorry, I'm not saying he's a yeah. bad guy, but I'm saying like it was like it was reckless and it was very dangerous. And very it's, it's something that could have. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, it, it shouldn't happen again. But on your point there with the red card, I thought that as well. It was what eleven minutes in or something like yeah. that. Fourteen, and I, was like, I think. Four, was it? Very early. Yeah, fourteenth minute. And I was like, oh, it's the game over now. Friends are just going to run riot mm. and and. That might be an issue with the game is that these red cards, which have to happen mm. because these things are so ridiculous, like Joey's one and yeah. Septuagint's one and stuff. But is there kind of a scope for, I was kind of chatting the weekend with a couple of mates, so if you give someone a red card, you send them off, then after 20 minutes, you can bring on another player in yeah. the same position to bring it back to full strength. Yeah. Because obviously we're lucky enough then that, well, not lucky, but I suppose for viewers, that DuPont got a red card and kind of even out the playing yeah. field. Right. Because I do think in this day and age, a red card and losing a player is just, that's the game over. Like, what do you make of it, Lindsay? It's not, it's actually a good option. It is a good option. Yeah, they tried it over in uh, the rugby championship this year. Oh, have they? Yeah. 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 They did a 20, and how's it working? Card. I'll leave, you, I'll leave you, give you your opinion first and I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> well, I suppose it takes away the punishment then for the team losing. Do you know what I mean? For, like the reason for the red card is you, you've broken the law or, you know, this, yeah, you've, you've, you've really, you've done something that merits the red card. So your team should be punished. So are we having rugby as a spectacle? It qu puts in question, is it rugby as a spectacle or is it rugby for the again like we've just spoken about the values of the game do you know what yeah. I mean so but I think the level that rugby's gotten to now with how good it is across the board mm. that players are so intelligent that they're able to pick out the space and find where the missing man on the pitch is which is fair and they're going to be start scoring tries straight away which is fine for maybe 20-30 minutes in my opinion yeah but then for like 60 minutes of a game it's just going to be whitewash like 
But then we had a cracker of a game. Yeah, and du- I think because DuPont got a red card and South Africa were good enough to kind of hold it together. Mm. But I don't know. I just think that it's, it could be an issue in the sense that there's so many red cards, which is great to see. Yeah. Then is it just going to ruin games? Imagine the World Cup final. Red card straight away, gone. Oh, I see at the end of the day, though, Greg, I think a red card is a red card. Like, that's why we have a yellow card in place there. So, I mean, if the incident doesn't merit a red, you're off for 10 minutes. Like, I'd say something if we yeah. didn't have another card. But, yeah. I mean, you go back, if it's a red card offence, you're off. And there's... I know what you're saying. There's a lot of red cards. That's because game has got stricter, but that's for safety reasons. And players are still adapting to. And there's there's going to be instances like like you said to to Peter Seftewat one. He was maybe slightly pushed, and the Dupont one was a complete freak accident. But yeah. at the end of the day, he could have killed Cheslin Colby, yeah. right? So that, he just needs to be a little bit more careful in that situation. He shouldn't have been going for that because he was not in a position, right? Yeah. But it, look, it was an accident. But at the same time, at the, sorry, go back to the original question. A red card is a red card, as far as I'm concerned. And if it ruins the game, it ruins the game. But there is teams now are actually even Khaleesi was saying it during the week like that they are actually training into uh, in training like with fourteen men and with thirteen men preparing for these situations. Yeah, in the build up to the rugby championship and the World Cup, like so. And we did the same again because obviously the yellow card for women's came in, and I remember training for twenty fourteen World Cup uh, All Ireland final yeah. and Greg McGonagall, who was our coach at the time, like he'd he'd actually put us with a yellow card all the time. Yeah. So you'd have to adjust then even. Like on ship on pitch leadership just changing then your formation or what was the plan if you if you lost who you lost whether it was in the back line the forward line so you'd switch your team around so you you would prepare and like these are international teams who are like full time professionals do you know so I do see the point to to make it an even playing field but I think then we lose the reason why behind yeah, like the red cards there's so many arguments to it and I was just of the opinion that just punish the individual that's after doing the incident and yeah. then bring the game back to a normal level after 20-30 minutes but as you're saying the red card is there for a reason and th- these incidents shouldn't be happening so maybe people need to learn quicker so we're not yeah. ruining yeah. championships coming so no, it's going to be accidents well, that's the thing like, yeah. so, do you know, like so. the ponds it's is obviously one. an accident yeah. with Colby it's a, it's a tough one but I still think maybe look come here they might bring it in but I'm of the opinion personally and I think it, it is going to be very much that kind of like you'll, you'll you people will be on either one side of the fence or the other, like, yeah. and it's yeah. a very so contentious they, topic. They tried it in rugby championship, right? They did. They tried rugby championship, the most recent one, like, and uh, there was a massive backlash over here from it, like, and a lot of backlash from the likes of guys like Nigel Owens and from more rugby and stuff, going, oh, "What are you doing? Like, yeah. no red cards, red yeah. cards." But I don't know. They're they were they are the opinion of of you, like, as in to punish the player, like. So, but there's arguments on both sides, but that's the beauty of debate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, sure. Was, was, see, we can talk about it all day, but yeah. I want to go on to a massive, another massive game of the weekend was a women's World Cup final down in New Zealand. The Black Ferns got the win. Lindsay, fill us in. It was an incredible game, wasn't it? Absolutely had everything. England were like 14 nil up after like probably 14 minutes. I thought to myself, God, this is going to be an absolute whitewash here. They're just going to walk it over the line. And then all of a sudden uh, we had another red card incident. Uh, Lydia Thompson, who had all the time in the world really to actually smash Portia Woodman over the over the sideline, decided she just, I don't know, she had a moment of madness and poor tackle tech and it was head on head and actually both players went off, which is funny because pre-game there was kind of, they wanted to reignite this battle that the two wingers had in 2017 in the World Cup final then uh, when New Zealand triumphed um, England again in, in, in Ravenhill and when we hosted here. So, um, yeah, then kick in like, oh... Uh, Teresa Fitzpatrick had a kick through um, Stacey Flula was unbelievable she had this dummy switch pass she absolutely Emily Scarrett just sat down bamboozled <laughs> and then she just went up the wing and her work rate um, just to get pass inside back on the ball and score the try I thought she was unbelievable I don't actually know who got player of the match but she um, 
she deserved it I think uh, then uh, what was her name Crystal uh, their, their loose head prof come on they didn't compete for a line out for the whole game England were mauling over like they were small children and yep. then in the 79th minute they decided to go up and challenge I thought England have this one it was like um, they were three points down they decided not to go against the kick they go for the for the maul and they were just on the five metre and uh, New Zealand turned it over like it had incredible fairy tale stuff Fairy tale stuff, yeah. yeah. And then New Zealand had a yellow card as well. It was just unbelievable. It just had everything. And I think, again, uh, extra seats in Eden Park, 41,500 there to see the biggest game. And considering New Zealand were through their own issues with in the last six months, Wayne Smith came in, he's, he's again stepped back. Um, but what they did in a turnaround in a, in a six-month period when they lost every most games on their tour when they come up to the Northern Hemisphere in 2021 was, oh, I don't know, it's just testament to them and their belief and... It was lovely to see just rugby stripped back for the essence of, of how it's held in New Zealand. Like they yeah. just obviously play it from a young age and they play what they see and they'll try anything. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And to give some context, as you said, fairy tale there, Jason, England had gone 30 straight test wins, think something like three seasons without losing yeah. the game. And then they lose at the final hurdle in the Women's World Cup. You Heartbreaks for the England Red Roses. But then it's, I'm delighted for the Black Ferns because they won at home yeah, and it's great course. for them yeah. fighting back. And Wayne Smith um, said he's going to retire now that he came back to his job again. What a coach. What man. a coach. Back at him, he's probably one of the best to have ever done it. To have ever done it because you ask anyone that's coached alongside him and knows him and it's like, this guy is just as good as you'll get when it comes to rugby coach but just on the game itself I'd just like to say like um, it's a fantastic advert for women's mm. rugby and I think there is a lot of people still on defence that would, wouldn't give women's rugby a chance even though they, they will watch the men's rugby and if you go if, if there's one game you want to sit down go back even watch the highlights see the standard of rugby that is played in that final and the entertainment factor mm. and the, the skill on, 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 on display it was an incredible game of rugby and I think probably the reason they don't give it a chance sometimes is because there is a bit of a huge gap between like five teams and the rest of the world. But go back to the mid nineties when like men's rugby started to come professional. That's just, that was the same case. Yeah. There was only three or four teams. It's only now we're starting to see the Italy's and the Fiji's and the Japan's starting to come out and compete with everyone. Like go back years ago, Ireland couldn't compete at professional level with men's rugby. Scotland, mm. no one. It was just the three or four teams at the top, which is what you have at the moment. But uh, women's rugby is in its infancy when it comes to professional game as well. And actually, you, you mentioned um, breakout players here. I think Maya Roos um, is definitely one of the players. She's actually the lock. I think she's 20. She's either 19 or 21. She's like, if you actually looked at the cap, the caps that England had compared yeah. to the caps that New Zealand had. I mean, she's been an absolutely breakout player. She's had very little international rugby over the last couple of years. They've only really played their provincial Farrah Palmer Cup um, competition over the last two years. They've had very little test games and she was unbelievable as well. She just she's just such a find. And then the Bremner sisters as well, um, Ashley and Chelsea, like they were unbelievable as well. So these are all just players unearthed by the Blackfern in the last kind of eight like 12 to 18 months max a lot of their sevens players um sarah harini you would know her from the world series um she again just her accolades at sevens olympic medals uh commonwealth games like same with porsche woodman inducted into the world rugby hall of fame they're just unbelievable but hadn't really done it ruby Tui tra transferred over i think she's another breakout nominee for, yeah she is yeah. yeah um she was unbelievable as well so just hats off. And again, I think, look, I do want to take the moment to just congratulate England. Um, I am heartbroken from them ways. So I think they've been the standard bearers and they've, you know, 30 straight test matches. They've, you know, broken every 
uh, every record there is, yeah. record there is you yeah. know, with attendances and everything else like that. But look, um, you hate to see them lose. They've been the standard bearers and I think they need to continue that. And it's just look at the draw on the day, but they've been exceptional for women's rugby and, and the game itself. So Yeah, well, that's the beauty of sport and it was an incredible game mm-hmm. and a good uh, testament to women's world rugby. Unbelievable stuff. And a shout out to Ruby Tui who actually gave her medal to a little yes. uh, fan in the crowd, uh, similar to Sonny Bill Williams doing it for the World Cup a few years ago. So love that stuff, girls. Well done and congrats to the Black Ferns. But just want to give a little shout out now to the Rugby Joe UK team who got up and running for their podcast. So shout out to you, Alex and Rachel. And here's um, them talking about Andy Farrell's side and giving it a big uh, shout out to the how good the Irish team are at the moment. Yeah, I mean they know they know too well that 2018 they, they beat everyone and won everything, and then 2019 they weren't at their best at the World Cup. So they're very experienced people. You know, two of the most experienced, well, experienced player and a very experienced coach. They know about winning, and they won't get ahead of themselves. They'll just be going. We've got to improve on that for next week. Got to improve. But big statement: beating South Africa in tough conditions is is impressive at any stage. I know they're at home. Um, but I think both teams will take a lot from that. They're in the same group, I believe, um, or early stages of the World Cup, and they'll have to play each other again, and they all, South Africa will go, well, there were glimpses, we've got a chance. If we make our kicks, then, you know, we're winning that game, and Ireland will go, okay, well, we, we could attack a bit better here and open up a bit more to give us better opportunities. So a really a great game of rugby. Um, Ireland, fair play, coming through and winning that. There were some massive moments in that second half that they hung on to and uh, came through with the result. To round up the Autumn Nation series, the other games over the weekend, England got a win. They got over their defeat to Argentina and the, the beat Japan 52-13 at Twickenham. Uh, we had Marcus Smith with two tries and Guy Porter with two tries as well. Uh, Japan weren't up to much like, but good to see England in winning ways. Um, we had Wales playing against um, Argentina. They got a win 20 points to 13, um, which was a decent game over in the Principality Stadium. Toby Falatau had an unbelievable game again. That guy just never seems to stop playing well. <laughs> and we, we had Scotland over in Murrayfield, BT Murrayfield, playing against All Blacks, and they nearly had them. They ended up losing 20... What was the score in the final final score? It was 31-20. 31-23 um, Scotland nearly had the, the best team in the world beaten yeah. um, they were 14-0 up you had the stats yeah, there Jason yeah they were 14-0 up uh, they got a penalty try for the second one and uh, got their noses in front and then they scored it was 21 on answer points and like, they looked like they were in control with kind of 10 minutes left and that's uh, two New Zealand tries I think Scotland will be kicking themselves that was a massive opportunity lost that was again like that was it kind of it reminds me of the times when Ireland got so close to New Zealand and just kind of like New Zealand that last 10 mm. minutes but yeah that's again they probably could have and should have won yeah you feel for Scotland it's 117 years now they're waiting to beat the All Blacks that was probably the best opportunity <laughs> to do it and they didn't do it but um, that's why they're the All Blacks and one of the best teams in the world it's 113 years to beat them like so <laughs> <laughs> and now we've beaten them what like I don't know we're sick of beating them at this stage are we oh. <laughs> oh you heard it here first oh my god <laughs> and the, the All Blacks 15 were um, in action the weekend as well against the Babas and Ron O'Gara were coaching them and they won 35-31 Teddy Thomas with an unbelievable try so shout out to the Babas um, always uh, flying Raj. the flag for some great rugby and mm-hmm. we'll Raj but we're moving on now to our never stop competing moment of the week and we're giving it to the entire Munster A team who played in a packed out parky Cueve and they beat the South Africa A team unbelievable stuff Jason wasn't it 
They're incredible. Like, I mean, Thursday night, 40 odd thousand people packed out for a rugby game in Parky Cueve. A lot of young guys playing, weren't given much of a chance, and uh, just came out from the first, the first whistle and were just. I said it, I, I put a tweet up at half time and uh, I was just kind of saying that it's moments like this. And this is when we were, I think we were two tries ahead. I was like, like win or lose in the second half, it's moments like this that kind of make you stop and realise why Munster are probably one of the most special clubs or provinces, as people keep saying. We're a club and a province, the same bloody thing, all right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's wider, probably one of the most special clubs, provinces in the world, like, because that, I was getting goosebumps watching that game, just sitting at home, and it was just, I wasn't even at the game, like, because I was working late, and even just watching it on TV, I'm kind of like, Ah, like every time they like you're, I mean, you saw me giving out about them a couple of weeks ago, and then like how like you know don't expect much of them this year, but every now and then they do something like that, and you're like, oh, I still love you. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I loved about it was the the doggedness and the attitude from the young guys. There was a lot of young guys playing in that oh. team, like mostly Cork guys as well. I'd say Roundtree was kind of like, go on, you're playing in Parky Queen. Yeah. Picked all the Cork guys, and even like. He sort of likes like Ruan Quinn warmed up with the team and he's just turned, I think, 19. He's one of the yeah. youngest people in the Munster squad. He's got mm -hmm. two caps. For him to be in and around that and to, to have these young fellas now playing well across the board. We Shane Daly scored a try. We had Gavin Coombs had an un unbelievable game mm -hmm. again. Dogbo was class again as well. Dogbo was yeah. incredible. Like Hodnett, all the guys. Hodnett's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's really good for these guys to come together as a team and without the big names and to beat South Africa. I know it's South Africa A team now, ah, but it's take still it. a really good international team. Um, and I was, I was delighted from him, Paddy Patterson. Great. Paddy Patterson, that's what I mean. But first, like, forget like, before you get on to his interview, like, how good was he in the game itself? Like, there's a guy, I, I said it after the, the what you call it game, the, Le the Leinster game. Was it not the Leinster game? The most recent game. Sorry, I'm confusing my games now. But I remember just saying he was really, really good. Really, really good. And uh, like, he kind of seems like he, he's very lively and he seems to have a lot of time on the ball. When you're watching him, but like get on to his interview. Like, you know I know, I mean? yeah, with Paddy Patterson, unbelievable game, got man of the match, and I'm presuming you saw his post match interview. Either. Well, it's lovely to see the passion of someone who just like you know he absolutely it just oozed off him just the the buzz and what it meant for them to win. And you know what, lads, I have waited for so many episodes just to see the beautiful smile and gush <laughs> on your two faces. So I'm delighted we picked this moment because I have been waiting for you genuinely. Yeah, I'm um, delighted for Paddy Patterson. Obviously, isn't isn't uh, media polished just yet? Like, but I love the rawness of it. Absolutely, um, we don't get to see yeah. the personality. Um, that's what we got to see. Like, you know, everyone's media trained, and I think that was the buzz about Twitter that that day. It was like, finally, don't give Paddy any media train and just leave him do what he does and like you know I think it was lovely it was just very endearing and it was you know you could connect to him and he was just he was so buzzing he'd, he couldn't even concentrate on the question he was also ah, like, yeah 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 yeah. that's yeah, what yeah. it's all about like I mean that that's what brings you back like he's a guy that kind of he was brought in as a short term uh, option from Leinster didn't get a chance obviously he wasn't going to get a contract off Leinster impressed in those few months and then got offered a two year deal so he's just living life kind of going I thought my rugby my chance to play rugby was finished and now all of a sudden you're a man of the match in Parky Cueve in front of 40,000 mm. people on a Thursday night playing for Munster beating South Africa I mean his life has literally flipped in 12 months so no wonder he's cursing and blinding and smiling because he's living his dream he's dead right and I love it I, I, we need a bit more personality out of these yeah, rugby we, players we need a few more Paddy Patterson so yeah well. I love it well on Paddy shout out to you um, another guy that talked did very well was Frisch in the centre that offload for the first yeah. try out the back I mean like, he's a guy I didn't see much of it but I heard he impressed on the Emerging Ireland tour like in training and in the games and stuff mm. and uh I didn't realise, I remember like, when he first saw he was signed for Bristol, it's like, oh, he's a big centre. He's a big boy. He is a big boy. Mm -hmm. And 
he, he, we are lacking in the centre this year. There's a lot of changes around at the moment. Like so, I think he's someone like I mean. I think Greg's prediction, lads, could come true, yes. You just don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. We'll my prediction of we're going to do very well in the European Cup. But Frisch, I think, I was very sceptical of him coming in. I was like, why do you need another fella coming in in the centre? We have guys like Dan Goggin, Roy Scannell, Shane Daly can play in the centre. At least he's Irish guys. qualified. But he's Irish qualified. Yeah. And it was the subtleties of his hands. Like, obviously, the offload you talk about there, yeah. Lindsay. But he was really facilitating guys and putting he's them in the space. He's a good playmaker, yeah. really yeah. good playmaker. Control the defensive line. And I'm like, okay, he could be in there ahead of uh, Fekitoa. I thought Fekitoa is, is, hasn't shown up yet. No. He? Well, he I think leave him on the bench. Well, the only thing is the money you've spent. But, I mean, you should be playing guys that not based on their name and their, you know, their, what they've done previously. I think, like, he, he really put up his hand. And, yeah, he, was, he came from the IQ programme, didn't he? That's how he's at. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. he's a principal. Like, well, career, it'd be nice to see himself and Fikatoa together, see how they work Maybe. together. Try up, mix it all up, see who, what your best centre combination is. But well, when Farrell comes back. Well, like, we don't know how, whether Farrell's going to be back or not this season and mm. all that, like, but well, he's dealing with his issues. But, uh, like, you have, like, Roy Scanlon had a good game as well. Dan Goggin is impressed when he came in. But Kieran Barron got a try. Like, we yeah. named him. He was another guy in the emerging tour. So, and another guy we alluded to about the young guys in Munster. And I think, again, it was testament to what we've been kind of going on like it's it's time to just you know let them give them consistency give them get game time um a dog bone needs to be in there just to you know put himself about like he's a big how guy. is a dog bone 19 years old the man, no he's, he's a like man a man mountain, mountain yeah he's, he's, he's not even that but like it's just the way he plays like he plays with like absolutely no fear whatsoever no. it's like this guy has got 50 games under his belt and he's like I look, Mary. He's he's got a bright, bright future. Yeah, he does. Bright, bright and I'd future. love to see it. Yeah, onwards and upwards now. It's the, yeah, exactly onwards and upwards. It's a young fella's team now, Munster, and they're all playing well. And another guy that stepped up and is back playing well is Ben Healy. Yeah, he had a great game. He had a great game. Yeah, yeah. across game. the board, defensively kicking in that wind in Parky Cueve on a Thursday night, like, and he was yeah. slotting kicks. Very impressed and delighted to see him back. But one other thing, I kind of was was thinking back. I was like. When Munster played Leinster a few weeks ago, there was loads of spare seats. There was no one really turn up to the game. We were like shouting, come on, lads, come support Munster. We need to help these guys get back on their feet. And we'd have packed out Parky Cueve on a Thursday night. Yeah. So the, yeah. the support is there. Like, so we need to keep that up, keep that momentum. Yeah. I know we're getting very excited now, Jason. It was an exhibition game. Hey, look, I mean, we've but. beaten South Africa. We've beaten Australia. <laughs> we've beaten New Zealand. We've beaten the Maoris. I mean, who else has done that like we're not talking about the 80s now here likewise we're now we're I know the exactly. Maori game was only a few years back the Australia game was I remember being at that game one of the worst games to ever be at weather wise we won I think we won we might have to check this up afterwards we won 9-8 or something or 12-9 Paul Warwick got all the kicks the rain and the wind and the cold and it was it was a Thursday or Wednesday night again I'll never forget it Like, but to beat Australia in Tomo Park and those are the nights you want to be part of and those are the nights that make Munster a special province and hopefully they can kick on from this. Yeah, but there are hopefully many more nights to come for you. Exactly. We can't just be turning up on the big nights though, is the thing. That's why Leinster are who they are because they come up, they yeah. beat Dragons away in a November night. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? We're, consistency. We're, consistency is what we need. We need this atmosphere, we need this energy on normal weekends and once they start getting some points and I need you board. boys with this energy every time we do this <laughs> show so come on Monster, there's well, more to this yeah, but our never stop competing moment goes to the full Monster A team together with Bank of Ireland well done guys keep it up very very Monster. proud of you but that's all we have time for this week guys Lindsay thank you so much thank Jason you. thank you so much as well and obviously a big thank you to Bank of Ireland our partners and proud supporters of the four Irish provinces we'll catch you next week guys Joe presents House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.